Hi, my name is Shagafta Pasta, and this is Seriously Planning. On Seriously Planning, a lot of the time we talk about stories in cities and about how reading a story about a place offers a window into that place or space that you really wouldn't be able to get without that journey. Reading a guidebook or a history book doesn't offer that same insight into what makes that place what it is. And stories are a window into urban planning that really is unparalleled. So this week I took a journey through both space and time and read North and South, Elizabeth Gaskell's novel from the 1850s that describes the North and South of England in a beautiful, beautiful way and offers us a window into imperial society, into the life of a cotton mill, into the life of really interesting, compelling characters, but also ultimately it was a novel that left me very conflicted and I wanted to explore those conflicts here with you today. So Edward Said in his book, Culture and Imperialism, talks about how the novel is an incredibly important cultural product, and it helps us understand how culture is a window and a vehicle of of imperial ideas and supports a certain social, political, economic structure, which I understand when he spoke about it, but it's very different when you're reading a novel and trying to wrestle between those two poles in a way. This novel is about a main character named Margaret Hale who travels from the south of England to the north of England because her father leaves the church and he becomes a tutor in that manufacturing town. And in their move, they meet the owner of a mill who becomes a very important character, Mr. Thornton. She meets people who are workers in that mill who are suffering and striking for equal working conditions. She meets people who are very confused about what she's doing in that particular town and and wants her to return back to gentleman-like society. And there's so many different things going on. And in that backdrop, um, against that backdrop, a love story unfolds. So as a reader in reading this in, in 2013, it becomes sometimes a bit complicated, or it was complicated for me rather, to unpack all of those different pieces because when you read about the cotton mills, it's difficult just to see that Mr. Thornton is the owner of a cotton mill and that he's just a very good businessman because you realize that his cotton activity means that he's engaged with different parts of the world and his cotton mill is part of an imperial structure. Later on in the novel, there's concern about the price of American cotton being very, very cheap and that English goods are going to suffer a result. And of course, American cotton is cheap because there's a slave trade. And that's not a benign fact, but it's presented in the novel as a benign fact. You have female characters in the novel delighting over Indian shawls, delighting over the designs coming out of Delhi. And Delhi, the way it's described in such a nonchalant way, is obviously a place that's very familiar to the readers who are reading it at that particular time. And so as someone of South Asian descent, that's a little complicated and and uncomfortable to to encounter, even though I'm familiar with colonial history. it's it's a bit offsetting and and confusing to, to encounter it, you know, in, in a novel. The main character's cousin gets married and moves to Corfu. And when you read about her life and the life of her husband, who's a captain, you're a bit perplexed what it is that they do all day. Because in, as he describes it, the way the captain describes his life, he spends a couple of hours with his wife. He spends a couple of hours with his baby. He spends the rest of the day at the club and and normally dine somewhere pleasant. And the thought of such indolence in beautiful southern climates is 
very uncomfortable, and yet they're such interesting characters at the same time. And so wrestling with that becomes bewildering at times. There's fruit that enters the novel as um, the main character's mother becomes ill. Mr. Thornton brings her fruit, grapes and plums and and peaches and, and things that really aren't necessarily in season uh, where they are, but uh, because of, again, imperial trade, it's possible if, if wealth is there to, to produce and procure fruit. And so all these different indications, those, the Indian shawls, the Corfu lifestyle, the cotton mills, the way different faiths are described, there's a couple of points in the novel where the Mohammedan faith is described with a little bit of uncomfortableness and suspicion. Uh, and there's another moment where a main character or a character who's speaking sharply to another, the way that that encounter is described is that her Damascus blade is, is met with rose leaves. And the rose is such an iconic English flower, the Damascus blade uh, can represent the East, that you can tell at that time period the Arabs and, and the Middle East are, are viewed with suspicion. And that's something that's just in the novel. It's not, it's not complicated. It's not um, unpacked. It's just the way society understands other parts of the world. So as a modern reader, that's that's surprising to encounter, even though you know, I know that that's how um, relations between England and the Middle East were at that time. There's also a lot of conversation around virtue. So lying and truth and honesty are very, very important parts of this novel. And there's the main character goes through a great deal of internal torment. And there's a lot of confusion. And it's a major plot point in the novel, the fact that she tells a lie at a particular point in the book. And her virtue as a person is sort of in question in her own mind and in the mind of Mr. Thornton because she is told this untruth. Yet at the same time, there is so much other non-virtuous things going on from, you know, my perspective as a modern reader, from the colonial activity to the way workers in that own, in that city are treated, that this internal virtue, while important, really pales in comparison. And it's, it's interesting to view how characters that are viewed within the in-group are viewed with so much compassion and care and and delicacy, whereas people who are viewed as different are not as much. There's an entire imperial structure supporting the livelihood of these characters, and that's not really impacting the discussion of virtue. But at the same time, these are detailed, descriptive, uh, complicated, nuanced characters. And unlike um, Jane Austen, where you don't get a lot from the main characters, they sort of come in and out and they're mysterious and in many ways don't possess a lot of agency, the main characters in Austen. You get a lot from Mr. Thornton and you get a lot from his point of view, how he views Margaret Hale, um, how he views their relationship when it goes badly, when he is struggling with it. That you, I don't know many other Victorian novels that get that. Mr. Rochester, you know, when I think of Jane Eyre, you don't get a lot from him either. So this is a very refreshing perspective to get, to have such um, deep, rich characters um, and if, from so many different class backgrounds, which again, I, I haven't really encountered a lot in other Victorian novels. This comes with um, 
antiquated ideas they're rich characters with antiquated ideas of gender and the female characters in the novel don't have a lot to do but they do have something that i think still is very rich and important in the modern age there are discussions of god and religion and the importance of faith that i find difficult to find in, in modern books and the main characters talk about their difficulty with prayer or their the importance of prayer or who the people they are trying to be and and that as a you know as someone who, who practices islam that is refreshing to see because it's harder to find that um which really indicates that we need more stories today that reflect the experiences of all kinds of people from faith backgrounds and not from faith backgrounds and and more people need to start writing um you know perhaps 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 myself included um the final thing was you know unlike austin who presents a very particular class background there are people from all kinds of different class backgrounds presented in this novel and so you get a really rich sense of england and how the cotton mills support so many people within the city and when it doesn't work and when it's not offering fair wages there are people who are starving to death and there are people who are deeply deeply impacted by these events and it gives you a richer sense of the poverty and sickness and and problems that mills created and um this was it's just a very very compelling book and it's something i'm so glad i invested the time to do i i really hope lots of people listen to this and and, and pick up the book and and we start a bit of a gaskell discussion society because it's a book that really merits unpacking and discussion and and deep debate till next time this is seriously planning <laughs>